Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Without imagination. Think, think, think. How would we get along without friendship? Hello, I'm Tigger. Who would we be without Winnie the Pooh? Can't we go back to page one and do it all over again? Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents the 25th anniversary celebration of the original classic motion picture loved by generations. T-I-double-G-U-R. That spells Tigger. I'm Pooh. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. This fully restored silver anniversary edition is based on the original classic stories by A.A. A. Milne. Experience the magic and the wonder. Promise you won't forget me? Oh, I won't, Christopher. I promise. It's the fully restored 25th Silver Anniversary Edition of Walt Disney's The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Coming to video and for the first time ever on Disney DVD, May 7th, 2002. Welcome to a Hundred Acre Woods episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets. And joining me, as always, Kyra Hawkins. Yay! I'm not in the book, you know. You what? You're not in the book? I'm not in the book, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of books, we actually have two books to talk about. First off, I have the first ever instance of Dan's Book Club. Where I actually took a book that a movie was somehow written about and read it. And now I'm telling you what it is about. The book was The Island at the Top of the World, which we reviewed as the movie sometime middle of November, I believe, of last year. So if you want to see what Kyra and I thought about that, just you can pause this podcast, go back, listen to that one, and then come back, and I'm going to give you the lowdown and dirty on what the actual book was about. So there was several main differences in the book and the movie, and I really don't understand why they didn't do the movie based directly on the book, because the book was actually set in the late 50s where the movie was set probably early to early to early to early 1900s yeah well like don't they take like a zeppelin or something yeah like a balloon yeah and first of all there was not any cringeworthy kidnappings in the book which was very surprising Considering that Disney had the main character kidnap a Inuit person to help them find the island at the top of the world, which was the island where all the whales go to die. Mm-hmm. But this book had 
the father of the boy that was lost, just like the other one, and it had a old swarthy sea captain, and it had a third guy that I really couldn't figure out why he was actually involved in it, unless he was just the dad's friend. And so they set off on a ship for the middle of the Arctic Circle where this supposed island was that I don't really know how the son found out about it except for like one journal entry in like a 1600s manuscript and jump forward they spend all this time trying to get to the island they finally get to the island and the Norwegian people were actually not Norwegian they were a lost tribe of Indians, or I'm sorry, Inuit people, I believe, that were fair-skinned and had yellow hair. Don't know. I wasn't reading that deep into it. (laughs) And I might have missed where they said that they were, like, long-lost relatives of the first. Actually, I think they were long-lost relatives of the Vikings, is how they put it, because they still had the god Loki, and they still had the crazy guy that was in charge of the tribe. And the son and the girl were in love, just like in the movie. And the head crazy guy had made everybody believe that only the shamans could actually go down to where the um, whale's graveyard was. Because he wanted to control the ambergris, which that part never even got mentioned in the movie. But that's the whole reason why this book happened, was they were trying to find this lost whale graveyard because of all the ambergris, which is some kind of perfume that can be made from a whale's gland. And it's a very expensive, um, a very expensive fragrance. And so every girl actually had a little shell full of perfume around her neck. And so, towards the end of the book, they escape the island, and the killer whales, which is in the actual movie, start to attack them because of the girl's ambergris shell. And she sacrifices herself, and Kyra is looking perplexed. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm trying to line this up with what I remember about the movie, and like, no, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen in the movie. Yeah, no, in the in the movie, the girl, everybody survives, and the man that, for whatever reason, was a, um, a person of languages decides to actually stay behind with the tribe so that way everybody else can leave. Mm-hmm. This one, the son, the dad, the ship captain, and the fourth guy that I really couldn't figure out why he was there... They escape, the son mourns the loss of his love, and then they take off with a bountiful supply of ambergris that ends up being worth 50,000 pounds in English money, and they divide that among the four of them, and that's the end of the book. Huh. So did you liked the book better than the movie? I liked parts of the movie better, but... I would have rather seen them make the book into the movie. 
Okay. Because okay. some of the things were too far fetched, like the Zeppelin, like the abduction of the Inuit man for God only knows why. Mm-hmm. And it was it was too far out there where this one was grounded even though it was a little bit more meandering and there was more details about how we spent this long at this one place and then we moved along to another place and that's where the people with the yellow hair actually captured us and blah 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 blah. But I would have much rather seen that movie get made than... Than what we got. Yeah. And I think you might have actually liked it better even though they would have had to Disney-fy it and the girl wouldn't have died. Yeah. I already I already know that would have been one change. Yeah. I was thinking, like, I remember at the end of the movie, they were, like, flying back, and um, they, like, didn't the dad or somebody stayed behind still, but um, he took the girl with him. Mm-hmm. Like, because I remember thinking, how is this going to work? Because, like, there's no, like, record of her existence Mm-hmm. Um, like how this is dumb, but <laughs> like in time travel movies, when the person from the past stays in the future at the end, mm-hmm. like how's this going to work? They don't have a social security number. Like there's no evidence of their existence. How's this, what's going to happen? The future hasn't been written yet, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, well, that's cool. I'm glad that you were able to find the book and that you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was a good book. I texted you when we started, or when I started the book, and I was wondering if I was going to be able to get into it. But once I actually got past the whole cockamamie, this is why we're doing this, it picked up speed, and I read like probably two-thirds of it in about a week. So... There's the difference between the movie and the book. If you want a more realistic take on a whale expedition, pick up Moby Dick (laughs) (laughs) and call me Ishmael. But if you want a Disney version of a whale expedition, you could probably pick this one up and you might enjoy it if you liked our um, representation of the island at the top of the world from Disney. Now, since we are talking books, it is time to shift gears from a whale expedition to the Hundred Acre Woods, and we are going to be covering the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which was released on March the 11th, 1977, actually did not have any box office release figures anywhere that I could find it, and I don't know if this was because it was a re-release of animated features or if that was but they did that i don't i don't even know i'm already wandering on this yeah i think um i mean obviously this was before i was born um so i don't know i i didn't like maybe i should have researched more i'm sorry listeners if that's annoying but uh, (laughs) what i read and what i kind of remember from my childhood is that this is like little they were all separate stories that they then pulled together into this movie mm-hmm. um i grew up watching um specifically winnie the pooh and the honey tree um that's the one i'm the most familiar with it wasn't until i was a little older that i knew that there were more yeah so 
I knew about this. It's another one that I may have watched bits and pieces of growing up. But I didn't really realize that it was actually made up of three previously unreleased or previously released animated featurettes. And I'm going to go ahead and jump in to the synopsis because it's very short and very succinct. Mm-hmm. Disney actually produced called Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, which was released in 66. Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, which was released in 68. And Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 which was released in 74. Extra material was used to link three featurettes together to allow them to merge into each other. And then they actually did a fourth scene that brought the film to a close, which was made during the production of A Blustery Day because of the person that voiced Christopher Robin. The sequence was based on the final chapter of The House at Pooh Corner, where Christopher Robin leaves the Hundred Acre Woods behind because he is starting school. In it, Christopher and Ro- Christopher and Pooh discuss that they liked doing together what they liked doing together, and the boy asks his bear to promise to remember him and to keep some of the memories of their time alive together. Pooh agrees to do so, and the film closes with the narrator saying that whenever Christopher Robin goes, wherever he goes. Pooh will always be waiting for him when he returns. The end. So, I'm probably about to get berated on the interwebs for this. I did not like it. Oh, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. So is this going to be the last episode ever? When we're so close to Star Wars? No. But, um... I... So, full disclosure, I never read the books... As a child or as an adult. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll give a book report. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Stay tuned. Um, but <laughs> I did grow up on Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, specifically, like for the most part, it was Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. was pro- was like on TV one night or something. Like a, um, what were they called? The like Walt Disney World... The Wonderful World of Disney or something like that. Yeah. Um, So I'm pretty sure that, like, probably my grandparents hit record on that. Mm -hmm. And that was my copy that I grew up watching over and over and over. Um, I was a little older when I discovered that there were actually more. So um, I'm less familiar with the others, but... um, I pretty much have Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree memorized. Yeah, and so I have, I mean, I knew that it was based on a book series. That's about all that I knew. I'm not, I'm not even going to claim to be a aficionado of A.A. Milne, but I'm trying to actually pull it up and tell you how many books are in the series. Not really helping me. Come on now. Works. There it is. All right. Uh, hmm. That's crazy. All right, there it is. All right. Story collections for children. They have Winnie the Pooh, The House on Pooh Corner, and that is actually all. So there's actually two Winnie the Pooh books, which I could have swore there were more of them. Kind of like I thought there were more um, Mary Poppins books, and I thought that Bedknobs and Broomsticks was a derivation of one of those. But I have been known to be wrong. 
Well, yes, you're wrong about this movie. (laughs) So, okay, like, I will not, I'll stop short of saying it's perfect because. um, The only perfect movie is Robin Hood. (laughs) It's not Robin Hood, but it has, like, it's close in, like, its place in my heart. But I will say, um, even as a child, I found um, Owl specifically to be overbearing. Um, I didn't have the words for it as a little girl, but I remember feeling that way and I still feel that way. Um, Owl is the worst character in this show. Um, I find that Rabbit is the most relatable for me, how he's so stressed out and high strung. Um, Oh, bother. Eeyore is just sweet. Um, I I can relate to Eeyore, too, as a person who struggles with um, depression. Uh, Like, he's clearly clinically depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, this is one that, like, I've seen a zillion times in my lifetime, and I'll keep watching it. Like, Mm -hmm. it it really, I think I even had watched, I was going to say earlier this year, but it's January. Um. I don't know what time is, but recently, before I realized that it was coming up for us to talk about, I had watched it not too long ago. I just love it so much. All right, so we are at opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm not saying it's one of the worst films because there are better films, there are worse films. It'll probably end up in the rotation when the world's youngest podcast host gets old enough to want to watch more than just Mickey Mouse and Spider, Spider-Man. But I had no clue that Poe's given name was... Um, well, he lives under the name Sanders, which just means that it, it's on the door and he lives under. Um, I just... I, don't, I can't be objective about this movie. It's you don't have to be objective about this movie. Uh, like... I don't even know if I could go through it like scene by scene (laughs) because all I want to do is gush about um, just the clever little things like Sanders was up there and he lived under it and um, his little rumbly and my tumbly song and the like exercise song. I, these are part of my everyday language in my home. Like my family doesn't always understand, but like I quote this all the time, whether people catch it or not. I could I, just go on and on. I did laugh when Pooh said the only reason for being a bee is to. Yes, and the only reason for making honey is so I can eat it. I'm trying <sighs> to just like squeak. <laughs> um, I'm not a. I'm not against squeaking. Yeah, he's just he's. It's all just so cute. It just makes me happy. Like, when I watched this this week, I tried to take notes. I struggled to because I just wanted to watch it, even though I have it memorized pretty much. Now, I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead just because I want to. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we'll stay in the honey tree all night if... If you don't skip ahead, so maybe you should lead, and then I'll just jump in with my excitement. Oh my goodness, that 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 could be a bad thing if I um skip ahead, because we'll say the end. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Um, 
Is the reason why Pooh's fall after he has his um, balloon come untangled not hurt him more than it should because he's made of stuffing? Yes. Okay. I did... I also laughed when he wanted to make himself into a little black rain cloud, even though he ends up being brown more than black. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... There are good points to it. I've, I've laughed more than I thought I was going to. Maybe you enjoyed it more than you think you did. Or maybe do I just not want to admit that I... Listen, we're all friends here. Is this a safe space? It's a safe space. And oh like, gosh. it's okay for grown men to admit that they like Winnie the Pooh. Now, I actually, I had a Winnie the Pooh when I was growing up. I want to say he is still somewhere in this house. Or down in our um, shed, but I could be wrong. He could have made it to my niece's house when they started divvying up. Then. Um, when Rabbit says not again because Pooh has been um, wedged in, does this mean that it, that was not the first time that Pooh had overeaten? Oh, I think it's like that he has come in there and like made himself at home multiple times. Rabbit's like, ugh. Like, he just invites himself over because he knows that Rabbit has the goods. Yeah. Um, Rabbit's so... Like, he's... I relate to Rabbit so much because he's just like, I don't want... I'm not ready for company. Like, you stress me out. I don't want you here. But he's too nice to say anything. Um, I'm just like... Just all of it is... I, like I said, I can't be objective. I probably couldn't, like, form very coherent sentences if you like left it up to me to lead this episode because all I can think about is just how cute it is and how much I love every single bit of it uh I will say so Gopher when he shows up after Winnie the Pooh's gotten stuck and they're trying to figure out ways like Gopher appears and he keeps saying I'm not in the book and it sounds like he's you know like the phone book or whatever mm-hmm. but Gopher's literally not in the book. He he's a character that was added later. See, and I I think I I think I liked Gopher better than any of the other characters just because he was I mean, whenever he showed up I laughed because he was always trying to stay on the clock and he's like, Well it's gonna be a big job, it's gonna take two to three days for us to be able to get this and, and, and then he's gone and then he shows back up and he looks at Pooh and he's like, You're still here? Well, no yeah. one contacted me to tell me that I needed to get this done. So what's going on with it? And it just, and I laughed whenever he showed up. Yeah, he's great. He's not in the book. He's like, I love when Owl is like, try like, how much is this going to cost? Like, can you do it? And he's like, uh, what's, uh, oh, I wrote it down. Hang on. Because <laughs> uh, I knew I would get flustered and like, start to trip over my words but um al says oh blast it all and gopher says "Ooh, good idea use dynamite save time (laughs) yeah then he says what's the charge Mm, seven sticks yeah go gopher was gopher was my favorite character in this followed very closely behind by rabbit because Rabbit always seems to end up to get the short end of everybody's stick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets he gets Pooh's butt stuck in his 
house. He's continuously getting knocked over by Tigger. And for some reason, I didn't remember that he made him into a hunting trophy. Yeah. (laughs) And that made me laugh, too. I love how he's just like, I guess I'm just going to try it. He's trying to make the best of a terrible situation. And it's so cute. Um, I've always loved when Gopher shows up with his lunchbox and Pooh's like, ooh, what's in there? Um, and then he says, I wasn't going to eat it. I was just going to taste. Yes, but I say that all the time. I'm going to cry. I'm so happy and excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was this giddy. Well, when I was sick when we recorded Robin Hood. Otherwise, this is probably what you would have gotten. Well, when we get to Robin Hood Men in Tights, we might let you gush about how awesome that one is. No problem. <laughs> so... My question when we first meet Kanga and Rue is why does Rue have his own mailbox? I don't know. I never, I never really even noticed that. And why does Pooh have a pop gun when he's trying to defend his, um, his honey? Because <laughs> it's fun. Um, so when Pooh like gets unstuck from Rama's store. And is in the tree with all of the honey. This, like, is... I remember watching this when I was probably three years old. Mm. Um, And can we have story time? Uh, We now present story time with Kyra. So when I was, you know, two or three, um, my parents had just divorced. My mom and I lived with my grandparents. And I had my own room at their house. um, Because I was the only grandchild at the time. And um, I remember this so clearly. It's insane because I'm like so old now. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that I wanted to be Winnie the Pooh in the honey tree with all of that honey dripping around me. I just always loved that visual and like how cozy he looked and he's so happy with his treat. Um, So uh, for the honey part of my game, like I was imagining, uh, I pulled the insides out of um, several cassette tapes, um, all tangled up, you know, because it looked like how that honey's dripping off of him. And if I stuck my hands just right, it would just kind of fall. Um, I'm using my hands to tell the story, and you're the only one that can see me. But uh, <laughs> I remember my mom <laughs> walking in and saying, what are you doing? I was like, I'm winning the honey tree. <laughs> I don't think I got in trouble. Um, maybe they were cassette tapes that belonged to my dad. I don't know. but <laughs> So maybe she didn't care. Mm-hmm. But I remember this so clearly. Um, and I think of it every time I watch this. <laughs> the end. <laughs> this concludes Storytime with Kyra. Tune in next week while Kyra talks about her next favorite movie, Robin Hood. No, we, t- we already did that one. Um, so... We've been talking for a while, and we've only made it through 25 minutes of the movie. Well, but it's only 79 minutes long, so... Yeah. We don't have to go through the whole thing. Like, maybe we shouldn't... I don't know. You're in charge. You lead, I'll follow. Well, um... I, I don't really have that much about the blustery day, except that... The blustery day turns into the rainy night. 
Mm-hmm. And the rainy night has Pooh having an out-of-body experience when he sees the heffalumps and woozles. Yeah, that always has reminded me of, like, the drunk elephant scene from Dumbo. Thank you. I, I was trying, I, for some reason, I thought that that was actually a part of Dumbo for the longest time. And then when I actually watched Dumbo and it wasn't there, I was like, did I misremember where this came from? It's like not as trippy, but it's similar enough, mm-hmm. I guess. Like I've made that, I've made that um, correlation. Yeah, is that the word I want? I yeah. think it is. Um, like I've, I've connected those as long as I can remember my entire life. Um, so they just they're they're not the same, but they're similar enough. Mm-hmm. That even like a three-year-old knew. Yeah, that um, they were they were interconnected because everything in Disney is connected in one way or another. Yeah, I love that um, when we meet Piglet, his uh, he's telling us about his family and his grandfather's because there's a sign there that says "Trespassers Will," and it, obviously the sign is broken, and he's like, mm-hmm. "That's my grandpa's name, Tra- Trespassers Will." Mm-hmm. My grandma called him T.W. Yeah, Piglet is a very giving soul. I I don't know of very many people that would just give up. Well, I don't think I know of any people that would just give up their house just because somebody else needs one. Yeah. And then then Pooh steps in and says, well, you can stay with me. Yeah, that part makes me cry every Mm -hmm. time I watch this because it's so sweet. Pooh's just, or Piglet is just so sweet to, Mm to... let Owl have his place, like, because Owl needs a home, too. And the way that Pooh is just, like, without hesitation, like, you will live with me. Mm-hmm. And takes his hand, and then they have their hero party, and I just love it so much. But I do, it makes me emotional, like, everybody needs friends like this. Yeah. We meet Tigger, who <sighs> is a royal pain in everyone's rear, but they love him. Yeah. Like, I think we all have a friend like this, too. Like, or if not a friend, someone in our life that we care about, but who is completely obnoxious. <laughs> so, this movie was made in 1977. Was this the first instance of somebody saying TTFN? Ooh, I don't know. I've never thought of that. It's just always been ingrained in my head. Yeah. And the question that i actually have regarding tigger is how can bouncing be overdone and if he is a bouncer then how does rue hang on to him if he's bouncing around and around and the best kind of swing is on a tigger's tail mm, i don't know so. these are things i've never considered um i will say like speaking of tigger and rue and their little side adventure um uh, like not just this scene, but throughout the whole movie, how the, like the pages of the book are turning and you see text on the pages mm-hmm. of the book that are actually what the narrator is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how the book is actually becomes a physical tool to mm-hmm. help Tigger get down. Like, and at one point Winnie the Pooh is walking across the text. It's yeah. Like, and, uh, and I actually did like how the narrator tells you where we are in the story by what page you're on because he's Mm -hmm. like and it rained from the start of page 38 to the bottom of page 49 it's like wow that's a lot of rain 
I, I love this breaking of the fourth wall that happens too. And like, they're trying to figure out how to get Tigger down. And the narrator is like, Hey, I can help you. Like yeah. I got you. And then he tilts the book for him. And, and we never see the narrator, but we know that he's, yeah. he's good. Cause he's helping. Yeah. I just, it's just clever. I like, I love that as a, I don't know how, I don't know if it works. And I don't know if I've seen it in anything else, really. But I just like how they use the book as a mechanism to, like, move the story forward. Mm-hmm. And how they hop across the, the center line of the pages if they're walking from one page to the next. Mm-hmm. So cute. But the movie ends with Christopher Robin telling Pooh that he is going to go learn his ABCs in Brazil. Does he say Brazil? Yes. I rewound it to make sure that was right. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm, I'm like, scrolling on the screen, like... Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you see some, like, math symbols, like, and so, you like, you can deduce before it's said explicitly, like, oh, he's he's growing up, he's mm. going to school. Yeah. Um, and I love this, like, idea of um, Christopher Robin, like, recognizing, like, I'm growing up and I'm about to have to leave all of this behind. Mm-hmm. Um. And of course, it's all in his imagination, anyways. But even in his imagination, like he's making packs, like we're all, like you'll always be here, right? And I'm in about fifteen, and in about fifteen years, we will get to see Obi Wan talk to his Winnie the Pooh. Huh? Wasn't there a Disney movie starring Ewan McGregor? Oh, okay. I wow, you really confused me because I was imagining like oh, like the character. It's um, all interconnected. Yeah, I haven't actually seen that. I but, haven't either. Um, just Christopher Robin like knows he's growing up. He knows like mm. his time in this imaginary imaginary world is growing short, and um, I don't know. It, it makes me emotional. It's I don't know if it's silly. I guess it's not, but mm-hmm. I cry every time I watch this. I remember like buying a new copy of the VHS in like 2001 when I was a senior, mm-hmm. but I just graduated high school and watching it and just crying. Um, this Robin Hood is still like top fox, not top dog, but Winnie the Pooh has like such a special place in my heart Hmm. i have tears in my eyes (laughs) which shows us how unobjective you can be and there's nothing wrong with that yeah i'm like a winnie the pooh enthusiast i like the book closes and the stuffed animal winks at us Mm -hmm. like there's see this this is why i i think i've got such an emotional attachment to stuffed animals that i had as a little girl Hmm. Um, stuff like this because I associate it with these things. Well, I just found out something that I did not know. This is actually the second A.A. A. Milne movie. Oh. Wind in the Willows. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't think I had, like, made that connection, but that sounds right. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it as Toad of Toad Hall, which is the adaptation of The Wind in the Willows. So, there we go. And that was covered way on back, back, way on back in the very great. early days of Be Kind Rewind. Back yeah, with Icky. I was here. Well, have we covered enough or do we need to go gush on? Um, 
I think we've probably covered everything. I just had, um, I thought I had some notes, but (laughs) I guess I don't really. Like, I had a hard time taking, like, I wrote a few things down, but it was like, I could write this entire script in this notebook. Wow. Because it all matters to me. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the three questions. First of all, what is today's impact on this movie? Oh, this is tough. Uh, I don't know if there is, like, I I know it wasn't your favorite, but I can't imagine any way that this could be improved upon. Yeah. Um, and it's harder, like being an animated movie, um, to be like, well, technology would change it. Even if that were the case, um, little kids always have imaginations mm-hmm. and will always come up with stories the same way that Christopher Robin has here. I don't even think we need to go into the question of if it's mirrored in culture because i mean everybody knows about winnie the pooh or if they aren't they've been living under a rock for the last 60 years yeah he's like everyone knows who winnie the pooh is and he's like still relevant there are mm-hmm. still like adults and little children who love him as much as ever it's like when it's truly like the stories the books which like i admitted I haven't read, but um, all of it is the movies, all of it is just things that you want to hand down because they're sweet and wholesome and uh, they have good messages on friendship and caring for each other. It's all just so good. All right. And third and final, how does this fit into today's society? Once again, it's, you can't go anywhere and not, I mean, you can walk up to a two year old, and they probably know who Winnie the Pooh is. You walk up to a 75-year-old. Once again, unless they've been living under a rock or we won't even go into it. But they know who he is. Yeah. It's just part of our culture. So, we are moving on to a movie that I am betting Kyra does not know about quite as much. It is called The Tale of Two Critters. <laughs> that is next week's homework assignment. I can guarantee that it will probably not be as enjoyable as this one was. I've never heard of it. I, I haven't either. First. What? I thought you were joking at first. Well, it was actually released in 1977. I'm trying to get to it here to give you all a little bit of it. And we might actually have some problems with it. Because the um, promotional poster says... A two-story story of a very odd couple. Oh my gosh! And I can—I was about to say, can I go ahead and give you the the? Yeah, I can. I can go ahead and let you know what the synopsis is right now. It's a young raccoon and a bear cub. Huh. Okay. So, well, we'll talk about this. But the first thing that comes to mind is like the fox and the hound. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming this is probably live action. Yes. I oh, I can't is. wait! I can't wait! <laughs> Let's just hope that it is a good movie and not the type of movie where we say, why do they do that to the bear cub or why don't they do that to the raccoon? Mm, let's but, take our expectations and lower them just a little bit. Oh, they're, they're already treading <laughs> water right now, so they can't get much lower. So, But 
now that you now that everyone that is listening knows what your next assignment is come back next week find out what we think what we thought about this movie whether we thought it was on par with some other movies involving bear cubs <laughs> yeah. but if you like Kara are a Kyra, I don't know why I just called you Kara. <laughs> it's a long day. Kyra. <laughs> if I'll you like Kyra, <laughs> liked Winnie the Pooh, send us an email at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Tell us what it was that you liked about it. If this is not one of your favorite movies, write to us, tell us why. We will read your emails on a future show. Until next week, stay hungry. Stay safe and stay out of the honey tree. I can't do much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, um, I love Winnie the Pooh and the honey tree. <laughs> That's all I have. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. The wonderful thing about tiggers is tiggers are wonderful things. Their tops are made out of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of springs. They're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about tiggers is I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Brrr.